It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of the Better Faster Podcast. We're your hosts, Brandon Vaughn and Josh Jeffrey. With this being episode one, we have to start out by answering the questions of who we are, why we're doing this podcast, in other words, what's our purpose? And for me, the simple answer is that I don't do mediocrity well. We hear it all the time. A lot of physical therapists talk about how the ideal PT is one who blends strength and conditioning with rehab. Strength conditioning, strength conditioning generally needs to be incorporated more in the rehab setting, but in my opinion, it just isn't getting done enough. I'm an idealist. I don't think it's from a lack of desire, but maybe it's from a lack of knowledge, lack of clinical application, or experience. So we want to use this as a platform to share what we know, what works for us, and maybe more importantly, what doesn't work for us. We also got a great list of guest speakers that we're lining up, so be on the lookout for that. But before we get into the first topic, Josh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Awesome. Well, uh, like you said, my name is Josh Jeffrey. I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, and now I'm down in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, I moved down here uh, to pursue uh, graduate school, first a master's in exercise science, and now I'm working on my doctor of physical therapy. And just like Brandon said, I see this need and also my own desire to really blend these two worlds of physical therapy and strength conditioning. I think Brandon and I are on the same page that we believe they go hand in hand. They're not mutually exclusive. Uh, and that's one thing that we hope to do with this podcast is kind of bring those two worlds together. Good stuff. And and me, I'm a physical therapist and I'm the co-owner of a private practice in Columbia called Vertex PT Specialist. Started out my career in a traditional high-volume patient mill model, got tired of that real fast, so I transitioned to a cash-based practice inside of a CrossFit box. But now I feel like I've hit my stride at our current setup, which is a practice that I like to refer to as a hybrid model. But we can, we can talk a little more about business on a later podcast. Now, I connected with Josh back in my cash-based days when I was working out of Carolina CrossFit, and Josh was the smartest guy in the room. He's creating monsters, so I hired him as my strength and conditioning coach, and he put 75 pounds on my deadlift in just a couple months, so I've been sold ever since. So uh, recently, I had Josh as my PT student. He passed. He did a great, he did a great job, so here we well, are. I had podcast. a great mentor, I must say. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. So first podcast, man. You ready to roll? Yeah, definitely. Let's get started. All right. All right. Okay, so um, today, we wanted to touch on a topic uh, that... You know, really seems to be overlooked, uh, and that's time under tension and the reason uh, we want to think about time under tension whenever we are prescribing exercise in any setting. So uh, in the PT world, one, we hear 
this this whole three sets of ten, and that seems to be what everybody throws out there. In the strength conditioning world, uh, we're not much better. We might think that we know a little bit about okay, if I'm going for hypertrophy, uh, you know, a hypertrophy stimulus, I might prescribe a higher rep number. But really, uh, I feel like we're we kind of do our clients, our athletes, our patients a little bit of a disservice if we don't uh, dive into it a little bit further. And that's where this idea of time under tension dictating uh, the adaptations. So uh, for me personally, I, like Brandon said, I'm, I was strength conditioning coach for a while, and I, I've been at Carolina CrossFit, and now uh, I own Carolina Performance Training. We do a little bit more of the individual programming side of things. Uh, when I think about what I'm trying to achieve with a certain exercise, uh, my first thought is uh, what time under tension correlates with that adaptation. So hypertrophy, that's a big thing. That's what we all like to, to go for, right? We, we're trying to get bigger and stronger. Uh, so for me, when I think about creating hypertrophy, I'm thinking about a, a tempo and a rep number that together will result in a time of retention of 40 to 70 seconds. Uh, so that's going to be different uh, you know, for everyone. If I said, Brandon, I want you to do 12 reps, and then I do 12 reps, and you listening at home do 12 reps, it could take each one of us a totally different amount of time could take you anywhere from 12 seconds if you're going pretty quickly to if you're really exaggerating the tempo well over a minute. And each one of those is going to provide a different stimulus. So for me, I like to control that, especially because I do work with uh, a lot of remote athletes, people I don't see in the gym all the time. So that 40 to 70 seconds is a, a time that I shoot for for hypertrophy. So um, let's pick an example. Say I am am going to do um, you know bench press, and I want to uh, focus more on say uh, you know a hyper, say I'm in a hypertrophy block before I try to build up maybe uh, you know some intensity and increase the load. I'm gonna I'm gonna start thinking okay what is the tempo I want to focus on first, uh, and tempo could vary. It could be uh, you exaggerate the eccentric first. Um, we know that an exaggerated eccentric does lead to more metabolic adaptations. It could be that you incorporate a pause, uh, especially if someone's newer and needs to really focus on the positioning. Pauses throughout can be great for ensuring that the movement pattern is the way you want it. So uh, I might pick an example of you know two seconds on the way down, nice and controlled, one second pause at the chest, one second up or a fast up, and a one second pause at the top. So if you're adding at home, that's two plus one plus one plus one, so roughly five seconds there. So I know I need to be in a set of eight at minimum to uh, at that tempo to get that hypertrophy stimulus. So uh, that kind of is uh, is where I start there. So I'm, I might prescribe a, a set of eight or a set of 10 or a set of 12 at that, at that tempo to allow me to ensure that that client is in the right zone or the right range so that way I can ensure that they are receiving the stimulus that I want. Um, and that, that can change based on, um, you know, the, uh, stimulus I'm going for, say I'm not focused on hypertrophy, I'm focusing on, on purely just, you know, maximal strength adaptations. Well, then I'm not really going to exaggerate that eccentric. I'm not going to exaggerate that, uh, that pause at the bottom, that isometric at the bottom. I'm going to keep it more zero to 20 seconds of time under tension per set. So that way I can really focus on, you know, maximal strength, uh, that again, that intent is what determines the training effect. So uh, that's kind of how I use it in the strength conditioning world, Brandon. Uh, I'd like to hear kind of how you think about time under tension when you're prescribing exercises to your patients. Yeah, definitely. And I want to just uh, back up just for a second with something that you said. So 
when you're talking about programming tempo, mm-hmm. is there a standardized way to document that? Like, like, can you give an example of how we might see this written out? So what, what I'm getting at is in the physical therapy world, like how will we document that? Exactly. Cool. So um, that's a great question. Um, I write tempo the same way for every exercise, no matter where the exercise starts. I'll explain what I mean by that. The first number for me, yeah, I, I write a four-digit number or four-character uh, four, uh, number, I should say. The first number is always the eccentric. Uh, the lowering of the movement. Uh, the second number uh, is always the pause and the isometric at the bottom of the movement. So let's say a squat. First number is the, the descent. Second number is the pause. The third number is the concentric or the raising of the weight. So in a squat, that's up, standing up. And then the fourth number is the pause before beginning another rep or the, uh, or the pause at the top. Now, this is a, um, a weighted pull-up. Uh, I still write it the same way, even though the rep actually starts with the concentric or the raising portion, they would just start with that third number. So I, I, even though they start at a different number, they don't start at the very first one, I write it in the same way to standardize it. So I know when I'm documenting uh, for a patient or I'm prescribing for uh, exercise to, a, to an athlete of mine, I always write eccentric, then isometric at the bottom, concentric, uh, and then isometric at the top. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, in terms of how we use this in the rehab setting, uh, eccentrics, l- long, slow resistance, eccentric, isometric, that's getting a really big push and for good reasons in the rehab world, especially when we're dealing with tendinopathies, because that seems to be what needs to be emphasized in order to create a st- stimulus, not only to the, logical, to the neurological system, but also at a tissue level as well. So that seems to be the main focus but I think as a whole, we're still known as the guys that dish out three sets of 10 for everyone. And I think in terms of how we should maybe think about how to start focusing more under uh, about time under tension, tempo, things like that, I think an easy way to do it would be just for any physical therapist that's listening. Uh, maybe instead of counting sets and reps, pick one patient or pick one exercise with each patient that you see throughout the day. And instead of counting sets and reps, just Count the duration, time the duration that it takes from the finish to set and see see what's going on. So like Josh said, three sets of 10 for you, for me, for him might be completely different. And I would kind of use that as your gauge. If you gave someone a set of 10 and they got it done in 20 seconds and you're saying that you're doing this to get bigger, faster, stronger, it's probably not getting done. That's when I would reevaluate and reassess what you're doing Think about how you can change that and get within that 40 to 70 second window by using some kind of variation in the tempo. In my opinion, if you can explain this to your patient, maybe one that's a little more active, more athletic, not only are you going to get a better result, but you're probably going to get better buy-in too, and they're going to be more compliant with the home exercise program. Yeah, I think that's that's extremely important to think about. Um, I think that uh, a lot of times uh, we kind of think about it backwards when we think about uh, volume. Uh, for me personally, that time under tension and that rep number comes first, and then I decide the number of sets based on that. If I'm having uh, somebody spend a lot of time under tension, obviously I'm only going to have a couple sets. Um, and then as I move into more, uh, you know, a lower rep range or lower time under tension, well, then we can we can increase that set number there. So I think thinking about it that way, where you uh, you go almost backwards rather than three sets of ten, think of okay, I'm going to do. 10 reps at this tempo so I get this stimulus and then okay I'm going to do two sets or three sets of this to get the desired volume. Uh, I almost like to think of it 
uh, moving backwards uh, in that sense. Gotcha. So one other thing that I think would be good to touch on is that as physical therapists, we're, most of us are thinking about how we can influence the nervous system, facilitate healing, things like that. But can you talk a little bit about how we can influence the endocrine system and maybe maybe manipulate some hormonal changes with time under tension? Yeah, that's, uh, that's another aspect that I think is uh, kind of either forgotten about or maybe misunderstood, uh, especially in the strength conditioning world. Uh, when we talk about um, creating change or creating adaptation, it doesn't necessarily have to be mechanical. It doesn't have to be we create this damage and then our body adapts to it. That's one aspect. But another aspect uh, is more of kind of metabolic changes, uh, a metabolic stimulus uh, to create the adaptation we're going for. And those longer time under tension sets, uh, that lower speed, focusing on the eccentric, uh, it does lead to more metabolic adaptation. So uh, we uh, essentially are creating a, a situation or kind of a, an environment in which the the muscle has stim- you know, stimulated or an increase in protein synthesis, but it's not due to the damage created. It's due to the other byproducts that are created. So uh, if we can kind of go through those longer time under tension sets, uh, that, that burn that everyone's uh, going after, that pump that everyone's going after, uh, we actually can create uh, you know, increases in strength and hypertrophy that way through increases in growth hormone. Uh, we actually, the, you know, creating some lactate through those longer sets uh, is actually very beneficial as well. So uh, you can attack uh, you know, adaptation and muscle growth and strength from a totally different aspect that doesn't just include uh, you know, mechanical damage. Good deal. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very important aspect of the rehab setting that most of us forget about. So that's, that's huge. That could be a game changer, especially when you're seeing someone for the long haul post-op patient. You need to kind of set that foundation uh, in the beginning so you can have better results and you know, some less likely to get re-injured in the future. Speaking of, last point I wanted to talk about tonight was tempo and time under tension as a, from an injury prevention standpoint. So you and I both work with a lot of CrossFit athletes, mm-hmm. and I do want to make a, a side note that no Carolina performance training clients tore their packs during regionals here, right? You're right. We were very lucky to have two <laughs> gentlemen at regionals, and, and they got out unscathed. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, so one, one, one opinion that I have is that a lot of folks that CrossFit competitively kind of get addicted to that, get addicted to success and almost completely forget about the eccentric phase. It's all about just you know, getting the reps, getting the big weights, things like that. And, and I think that's something that is missing in a lot of training components. Is that, is that something that you emphasize? And, and if so, is there a certain, certain cycle, certain yeah. mesocycle that you'll hi- highlight more eccentric work in? Or you do, this, do you do that throughout the whole entire training process? I think you're exactly right. It is an area that is neglected. And for me personally, I think that focusing on those eccentrics or that long, slow, that heavy, slow resistance type activity uh, at various time points throughout the year is really important for tendon health. And I think that uh, it, if some of those regional athletes may have gone through that, maybe they, you know, it's hard to say. Hindsight's twenty twenty, uh, but maybe uh, maybe that would have helped prevent that almost that pec tear epidemic that we saw this year. Uh, so for me, before I add in speed and intensity into any specific movement, I'm going to train it at lower speeds. Uh, I'm going to increase speed as time goes on in the program. So at first, I'm going to choose slower speeds for control of the movement and actually get increased work capacity that way. That time under tension, again, those metabolic adaptations are really important. Um, it allows for you know them to really own that range of motion and for the uh, to build up tendon strength. That's that's something that 
um, you know, if we are not, you know, going slow and periodically, then we're running the risk of those tendon injuries. So uh, for me, when that, those workouts specifically came out, uh, before I went into just high volume of speed ring dips, it was, uh, you know, building up, you know, slow, strict dips, both on the ring and the mm-hmm. bar, loading them up, actually doing weighted dips at various tempos as well prior to introducing the intensity. And I, and I like to think that that helped, uh, you know, who knows, but uh, it was something that, you know, fortunately our two individual guys um, both uh, were able to go through that workout fine, no issues, and perform quite well. They finished 10th and 13th in the region, so we can't, uh, we can't complain too much. <laughs> yeah, I guess it helps to follow the prescription, right? Um, just trust, trust the process there. I always tell people that you can't lay down new college and remodel it overnight. It's going to take six to 12 weeks, so you got to strap in for the long haul there. Awesome, man. Well, is there is there anything else you want to get off your chest? Can you tell everyone where to find you online? Yeah, th- no, that was that was great. Great start to it, man. Uh, you can find me and uh, everything that I'm I'm talking about these days at CarolinaPerformanceTraining.com or at CPT underscore Strength on Instagram or Carolina Performance Training on Facebook. Uh, that those are the place to see where what our athletes are doing. Um, every week, I put out a little. Uh, blurb on Mondays about uh, a programming topic. So uh, tune in there if you want to learn more. You can find me at vertexpt.com. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at, at BVThePT. We may edit this part out, but Josh, who you got this weekend? Mayweather or McGregor? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Mayweather, man. Uh, just uh, not necessarily who I would want to win, but who I think will win. What round? Ooh. I think McGregor's got a tough chin, I think, and Mayweather's not really a knockout artist uh, from what I understand. Mike, huge boxing guy, so uh, I'm, I'm going to say it might, it might go eight. I'm thinking eight rounds. I'm throwing eight, eight out. Eight rounds. All right. I got, I got Mayweather in four. Okay. He's fighting an amateur boxer. McGregor stands a chance if Mayweather breaks his hand on that big old dome, but otherwise Mayweather's <laughs> going to dominate. Yeah, I know. It's, gonna be, it's hard. As much as I like McGregor, McGregor's uh, personality, I just don't think he's going to get there. <laughs> All right, good deal, man. Good first podcast. All right, we'll see you. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.